and welcome to Strangers to the Multiplex. I'm your host this evening, Darius Powell, and I'm joined by Rob Wood. Hello! Rob Stewart. Yo! Katie Hill. Hello! Today, we're going to be looking at blockbusters. We're in the blockbuster season. It's kicked off with Age of Ultron. And, this well, there's quite a lot to discuss. So, I thought we can start off by talking about our kind of favourite memories on blockbusters. So, Rob Wood, over to you. Yeah, I mean, um, going all the way back, I suppose the first one's looking back at things like Jurassic Park. And that came out when I was about 10, 11. And that really, for me, was the start of, of going to see blockbusters at the cinema. Obviously, that after that, it was Stargate. And then the biggest one that I was aware of uh, that first came out was, of course, Independence Day. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was just, just the biggest film I'd ever known. And, um, yeah, even to this day, just you can't beat a big summer blockbuster, whether it be big, dumb, stupid, or occasionally really good. There's nothing quite like it. So how would you define a summer blockbuster? I think it's very much how, I mean, it all kind of began with um, Lucas and Spielberg, with Jaws, with Star Wars, uh, all kicked off in the 70s. And from then on, it's it's all about the big budgets, the big effects, the big uh, the big stars in the biggest movies, the biggest stories. And whether they be, be f- fantastical or grounded, but in epic scale, it's um, the, there really is nothing quite like it. Brilliant. So what was it about Independence Day that kind of sticks in your memory? It, it was just the, the film that every... The first film I knew that everybody went to see. It was the big event that I'd ever known. Yes, we, we'd had big films before it, but even people I knew who didn't go to the cinema, who just, you know, it wasn't an experience for them, they, they flocked to see it. And, uh, the, I mean, the marketing for it was out of this world. The, the trailers bigged the film up like nothing I've ever known. Um, and the, just the, the sheer excitement to see this film. I mean, I was I must have been 13 going on 14 when this film came out. So it was at a very impressionable age, and an age when I was really starting to appreciate going to the cinema and really enjoying that experience. Independence Day really was... It was it. Was it. I mean... I will rewatched it again um, on last night and got to catch it on Blu-ray. Um, and to watch it today, it's very easy to forget just what a massive film it was because it looks quite—it's it's quite small scale to, by certainly by today's standards. You put it up against Guardians of the Galaxy, it can't even compete. But back then, there, there had never been anything like it. People had tried. But, I mean, like, say, two years before we'd had Stargate, which was a very good, big-budget blockbuster epic. But then this just blew that away completely. Um, yeah, I remember. It was about 93, 94, was it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Independence Day a few years later. I mean, obviously, Will Smith was the same team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Will Smith was obviously kind of at the height of his kind of stardom, really, or getting there anyway. Well, this this film kind of kicked it off for him. I think yeah. after this, he had things like Wild West and, of course, Men in Black, that um, and Bad Boys, which soon. I mean, this this was the real, the first massive Will Smith hit. And uh, I mean, when when this film came out, there weren't. I mean, there's a lot of known actors in it, but not many A-list stars or any really at the time. I mean, if you you know Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum aside, 
who were again were they A list at the time? Jeff Goldblum off the back of Fly in Jurassic Park. Yeah, I'd argue Jeff Goldblum possibly. Possibly, yeah. but I mean it's certainly not one of the biggest names of the day. Um, but yeah, I mean it was, it was just it did it, it was one of the first films well that I I didn't need the big name actors in it to sell it. I mean up until this point we were. Yeah, we were fresh from the days of Schwar- you know coming to the end of Schwarzenegger and Stallone at his peak, arguably uh, Van Damme. You know, when an action star would sell a film, you'd pay an actor twenty million to star in a film because you, you'd guarantee you'd get uh, you know y- your money back. This is the, one of the first films I knew that didn't need to do that. That didn't you know it was enough to be epic in itself. And also, I think it was kind of one of the first kind of to really use kind of viral kind of trailers and teasers quite well that i seem to remember anyway that that image of the spaceship and you know going over the white house i seem to remember it sold on the white house being blown up yeah Yeah, exactly which which sticks and sticks in my mind to this day well yeah i mean it's a very iconic image again i mean it was used in austin powers 3 for great comedic (laughs) effects you know it's it's still being used years later that's the exactly there's no no greater peak you've made it here in austin powers (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, um, excellent. Uh, Katie, how about yourself? I think the film that I was sort of thinking of, it was slightly more uh, modern, 2008, was The Dark Knight. I think for me, that that film just sort of brought together all the things that I look for. Um, it had some fanta- a fantastic cast, um, brought together some amazing actors, cri- uh, Christian Bale, Morgan Freeman, Gary Oldman, I mean, Michael you know, Caine. Michael Caine had loads of them in it. Um, I think it had uh, the action that I look for. I think I was watching it back the other day, and that car chase uh, that they have through the streets of Gotham is just amazing. Um, I think the thing that summed it up for me was the. It might as well have been called really the Joker because it was sort of all about him for me and Heath Ledger, and I think the build up around around it as well following Heath Ledger's death I think there was a lot of sort of controversy rumours hype that were all going on before the film that you know they weren't prepared for but I think it was going to be a a big film regardless Um, and I think just a top top film really loved it Um, yeah I mean it came out I think the same year as Iron Man it was well same year but yeah. for me, the Iron Man pales in comparison, really. Yeah. Sorry, too, controversial. Well, no, but, no, two two very different kind of takes, really, on the Hollywood, on the kind of, sorry, the comic book kind of movie, wasn't it? But that, uh, well, maybe that says a lot about me then, because I just loved its dark edge yeah. and um, sort of the horror um, elements that were in it. Um, some of the moments with, yeah, the violence, <laughs> what does it say about me? Some of the violence, Heath Ledger with his knife and his his twisted story about how he got his scars. Um, I love that moment where uh, he goes to see the, the mobsters for the very first time and he goes, let me show you a magic trick and slams the guy's uh, head down <laughs> on the pencil. <laughs> you see where I'm coming from, from now, but... I love. I just love all those moments. I was. I was writing a list as well just before we started about big moments She's got in that a film. List. I've got a list. <laughs> I've got a list. <laughs> I'm a list person. You are. But all the major moments in it. That opening 
with the with the Joker and the uh, the the bank robbery. The bank robbery. How that was filmed and the tension. It was just amazing. The car chase was amazing. Um, what was it? Bat versus Joker in the interrogation room. The tension. The, I just love it where he flicks that light on and slams the table. I just love it. Uh, when they reveal Two-Face for the first one, he turns his head and you see just... Well, it's stripped back to the bone, isn't it? It's gross. And um, I love it, the hospital explosion. When he walks out, and I, were you telling me, Rob, that um, he ad-libbed the bit with the remote where it kind of doesn't yeah, do it Yeah, it was all meant to go off in one big explosion, and it, st- it stopped halfway through. So he, that's why he stands there playing with his his little remote because it didn't all go off, and bless him, stayed in character and <laughs> pulled off that scene. I know, and I, I was a, I had mixed emotions about Heath Ledger before I saw that, and when I saw that performance, I I was amazed, and I thought. Damn, what what's got you know he'd gone and died, died, and I was like I need I yeah I wanted to see more of him then because he was just fantastic in that role. I mean, I mean, obviously Heath Ledger gets a lot of praise for his role and rightfully so, but I think also it's a fantastic film. That bank heist at the beginning was amazing. Oh, amazing. Well, then they actually showed that on IMAX. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was, yeah. wasn't for the Mission Impossible film or something. One, it was one of the early first kind of films to really utilise IMAX cameras. And now, you know, getting used in all the big films. Yeah. yeah. I saw one of the extras and they had a whole extra on the fact that they'd used the IMAX camera yeah. and how they'd shot it. And it it does look... We what had it in Blu-ray, didn't we? Yeah. And it just looks stunning. Brilliant. I think as I think as well, just as a piece of storytelling, the reveal mm. as it as it opens up, as it starts the heist, and you slowly learn where they are and what they're doing, and they finally start talking about the Joker. That's a fantastic reveal. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's that. It kind of stuck in my head. The camera moves forward towards a lone figure stood on the streets of Gotham, holding a mask in his uh, in his hand. And then, yeah, as they start to say the, the rumours, what they'd heard about the Joker and things like that, and then as they take each other down because they've been told and just love it. Oh, see, I want to watch the film again now. Yeah. I'm sure we can do a whole podcast just on I'm, the I'm sure we, Well, we maybe, maybe we will, that's though. what we do. <laughs> <laughs> we could be here all evening. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, um, and Rob Stewart, how about yourself? Yeah, well... I was thinking about hard, not so much anything I've seen on cinema, but Return of the Jedi for me probably is like the benchmark of all blockbusters. For me, it, it does everything. I know a lot of people say that Empire is better; it's more angsty. As a kid, I didn't care about angsty. I just wanted to see like aeroplane. I wanted to see Star Wars. I wanted to see spaceships. I wanted to see battles. I don't care if they're talking teddy bears. I want to see <laughs> kicking stormtroopers' asses. And for me, uh, Return of the Jedi has that in like gumption. It has that in bucket loads. How old were you, do you think, when you first saw well, it? Well, I was trying to work this out. Like, I'm, I'm, I must have seen it on VHS. I thought it would be about five, possibly six. And I can remember at the time it was released in cinemas, you know, documentary on TV where these um, the puppeteers for the Jabba the Hutt model were showing you how it works inside Jabba. So it was like a behind-the-scenes thing. And you saw Kerry Fisher with, with the Jabba model and she was saying what a lovely puppet it is. And, stuff. <laughs> and it was the first time I was really sort of aware that people actually make movies... Oh, that these, these things are done with people's entertainment, and there's a whole craft, and people are actually employed or do this for a living. Um, 
And I think that's one of the marks of a blockbuster, you know, uh, special effects through the roof. At the time, Jabba was like um, state of the art. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, and pure adventure, isn't it? It's just a pure adventure story. Absolutely. I think from the get-go, when you see it, it takes what happened in A New Hope and it builds on it. If there's lots of echoes of A New Hope. You see the Star Destroyer at the beginning as it flies over the camera, and it looks even more menacing the second time round. And then you see all, like the, the huge epic scale of all of the soldiers, all the stormtroopers inside of this carrier, and then there's mention of the Emperor. We've seen the Emperor very briefly in Empire Strikes Back, but it's up in the ante even more, because this time you're actually going to see the, em- the Emperor in person. And I think I think the whole film in general does that a lot of the time. It's sort of ups the ante. Um, we see a sp- speeder bike sequence, for example. We've never seen a speeder bike sequence before. We see the, the duel between uh, Vader and Luke at the end, which is pretty much a replay of the end of Empire. But this time, it's the high stakes are slightly higher because the Emperor's there. I think it's, the, the film in general just takes the Star Wars formula and it does other things with it. It takes it other places. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I can remember the the toys. And, oh man, they was like they were like two quid in a bargain bin. I remember <laughs> they're probably worth a fortune now, aren't they? <laughs> oh, God. I was yeah, reading the other night uh, Richard Richard Mulvey's Hollywood Cinema book, and he says one of the markings of a blockbuster is that it can be promoted against different platforms across different platforms as well as just the movie the movie theater. And I was thinking back to like I had a Return of the Jedi quilt cover, mm. you know, and if you know if you have if it's like housewares, not a mark of a blockbuster, I don't know what it is. Well, and certainly from a merchandising point of view, very few people got it as right as George Lucas. Yeah, I mean, I just finished reading a fantastic book about Star Wars, and we will talk about that um, in a few months when we start talking about Star Wars. Fantastic end to a trilogy. Personally, I think Empire's the best, but Return of the Jedi is just pure fun from start to finish. The rescue of Han Solo at the beginning. Oh, yeah. You know, within a couple of minutes, all of those characters are in place. You know who they all are. You know what's on the line. They've got to rescue Han Solo. For me, it's about as exciting as the cinema gets. There are films that are written better. There are films mm. that are probably composed better and more thought has gone into them. But Star Wars takes me back to being a kid. And that's just pure excitement. Han Solo's unfrozen. Uh, Wookiee's there. Leo's there. Uh, Lando's there. Luke's there. Like Luke Skywalker turns up. And he's not the same Luke Skywalker as we've seen in the previous movie. He's having an age between films. He's a bit more confident in his use of the force. It's, it's those little things that make it for me that make it exciting. Yeah, Luke's a badass, you know, all in black. He's, he, his hair is like a little bit longer and he's like a bit older. <laughs> yeah. He's a man, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he's not like, even later on, when, when uh, Vader takes his lightsaber off him, he says, Oh, you've made a new lightsaber. If you're, if you're remotely a fan as a kid watching that, you'd have noticed that already. But it's, it's the little touches. It's the mm. way the cap, like he's General, uh, General Solo as opposed to Captain Solo anymore. It's the little things in between that make these characters. Yeah, they've got their shit together, haven't they? They're, they're kind of, yeah, they're all working together to take down the Empire. And then, and in the end, it was just a bunch of teddy bears that did it. So there you go. I still can't quite explain to you what that indoor moon makes those stormtroopers not be able to use their guns. <laughs> but it doesn't matter, it's just fun. But I wrote down here, it's like a Star Wars greatest hit package. You think yeah. about it at the end of the New Hope finishes with the Death Star destroyed. Well, at the very beginning of Return of the Jedi, they tell you that the Death Star's been rebuilt and it's even better than before. Mm. And then you see it get destroyed again at the end of the third one. So it takes, like, all the best bits of the, pre- of the previous two films and puts them together and adds Z-Box. <laughs> but the, big, the biggest question is what's better, the, the original or the special edition? 
I don't, I'm not going to get into that. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I think we well, can I'm all. The kind of person who subscribes to the fact that George Lucas has raped my childhood or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> my way of thinking, it's his creative, it's his creative property. He has the right to do with it what he pleases. I still think it's a decent movie, even if you do add the digital bits and pieces in. They do stick out like sore thumbs, but it's not the end of the world. So you don't mind the whole kind of celebration stuff at the end? Yeah, no one, no one needs I, I have issues the fact that Anakin's a young man. If you look at Ben Kenobi, Ben Kenobi's still Alec Guinness. He's the, he's the older version of Ben Kenobi. And yeah, Anakin's the young, younger version. Um, Cade Christian? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the plank of wood. Yeah, yeah, the plank of wood, yeah. <laughs> yeah the plank of wood has yeah, more plank. charisma. Yeah, it's true, it's true. <laughs> I'm uh, I, think, I, think those, I think he rocks those big locks quite well in the second one. Yeah. <laughs> Again, a whole whole episode could be done. <laughs> so, and we may well do so. Spoilers. Brilliant. Um, okay, yeah, I suppose. Uh, so, down to me. Yeah, I think my my kind of memory is quite a personal one. It was, it was the first time I actually went to the cinema. I was seven... So it was 1989, I might give you a clue. And um, I remember coming home uh, from school and my dad said to me, he said, uh, put on your, your best gear, you know, get get dressed up, we're going out. I was like, okay, this is quite odd. But, um, and he said, oh yeah, we're going to go to the video shop. We're going to go to the video shop and we're going to pick up a Hugh, Fain- uh, sorry, a Hugh framed Roger Rabbit cardboard cutout. We'd run it, we, you know, it was a competition and we'd won it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. So I went down to the video shop. But instead of going there, we actually went over the road to the cinema. And it was one of those old kind of flea pit cinemas, you know, one screen. And we went to see Indiana Jones from The Last Crusade. I mean, for a seven, the seven-year-old to go to the cinema and see, you know, a film like Indiana Jones on that scale, you know, it just sticks with me. So it's a great memory. One of my earliest memories as well. Um... It was just, yeah, brilliant experience to just go with my dad and see Indiana Jones. I remember, you know, sitting there in those, those kind of bouncy seats, this floor a bit sticky, and then, you know, that music from John Williams hitting you. Just fantastic. And um, I watched their game last night, actually, and yeah, I forgot how, how funny it is. It's just such a funny film. Just so many kind of quips and the humour between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery particularly is just fantastic. They play off each other so well. And I'd probably argue I don't know if Sean Connery's been better since. I don't know. Um probably the last great film. Yeah, we'll pass on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't I don't think he's been better since that. I mean yeah it's just such a great film, just pure joy, isn't it? And you know, the opening sequence, I remember what, you know, on the train with River Phoenix, you know, again, what might have happened. And I, you know, gone too soon as well. So just, just fantastic. I mean, you can't beat Spielberg. I mean, you can't talk about blockbusters and not talk about Spielberg or Harrison Ford and George Lucas. You know, he's got, he's got it all. And Harrison Ford is just on, you know, top of his game in that film as well. Just so charming and, and you know, he's brilliant. So, I mean, it's a shame they stopped making the films there. They didn't make any more after that. But So, yeah, that does my memory. It's, it's, you know, yeah, it's a fun memory. And, yeah, yeah, good film to see, you know, the first film to see at the cinema. What about the other Indiana Jones movies? Did you see those after the fact? Or did you, had you seen those before? 
I think I saw, I mean, Temple of Doom always seemed to be on TV. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, oh. it was always yeah. on TV. Every kind of Easter weekend or bank holiday, it always seemed to be Temple yeah. of Doom. Yeah, so I think I've probably watched Temple of Doom a lot more. I mean, again, I don't know if Last Crusade is particularly my favourite. It's just the one that I have that memory of, you know, it's quite a special memory, I guess, and kind of got me into blockbusters and cinema in general, you know, and that same cinema a couple of years ago, later, sorry, 93, Jurassic Park, you know. Yeah, I remember going to see Jurassic Park and being blown away by that. Oh, yeah, 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 it just holds up, holds up. Um, Which actually brings us on to... Our next topic, Jurassic Park, into <laughs> Jurassic World. See that segue? Yeah, yeah, it's seamless. Seamless. Oh, that's seamless. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. So, um, yeah, so I thought what would be a good idea is, as we're in summer blockbuster season, is to have a look at some of the upcoming big hitters. Obviously, we don't have time to look at them all, so we've got a selection of about four or five. Let's start with Jurassic World. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer, and we'll be right back to get talking. We have learned more in the past decade from genetics than a century of digging up bones. A whole new frontier has opened up. We have our first genetically modified hybrid. You just went and made a new dinosaur? Probably not a good idea. Almost 40 feet high. Really think she climbed out? Depends. On what? What kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab? Okay, so that was Jurassic World, um, which is going to be released on the 11th of June. What are our thoughts? I'm looking forward to this film. It looks exciting. It's. I'm not expecting it to be anything better than a three out of five at best, but it looks thoroughly entertaining. I mean, give me dinosaurs eating people. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm all there. <laughs> okay. And Chuck, Chuck and, Chuck and Star Lord and some genetically modified dinosaurs and yeah, I'm 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 on I'm for the ride. And 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 Kingpin as well. Let's not forget. Oh, oh yes. yeah, yeah. He'll yeah, probably yeah, be blinking yeah. you miss it because he's barely been in the trailers. Yeah, I mean, to, to I, say, I, I didn't even see him in the trailer. I think he's a, a flash. He's a, in trailer three, second. I think. <laughs> yeah, he's like shouting a lot, you know. Yeah. But it's definitely, yeah. definitely, it's it's based on nostalgia and getting us who were ten or eleven, twelve years old, who went to the cinema, who got scared shitless because I know I was, mm. and it's to bring you back in, isn't it's it? It's to bring us back in and to bring our kids back in. It's very, it's because obviously we're gonna. Yeah, we probably you know, once we've got kids old enough to remember it for the first time round, they're going to take their kids to this one, and they'll probably start a whole new franchise again, and probably so, kickstart it. I mean, it's only got to be a, a half decent film that's th- minorly entertaining, and it'll probably be a smash success. So, what are your thoughts, Rob Stewart? Yeah, it, it, it looked okay. I can't say I was blown away by it, but I thought the cast looked interesting. And uh, Judy Greer, yeah, I thought it was quite, quite good. Series, something a little bit more serious, maybe. Special effects look good. I can't say I'm riveted and waiting to queue up to see it, but it, it looks okay. It is obviously playing heavily, like you said, Kate, and on um, the original. You know, do you feel it's playing too much on the original? Well, I actually thought it was going to be a reboot. I don't know, Rob. Get, yes, you're the be- Rob. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Darius. Rob seems to be the biggest fan of Jurassic <laughs> Park because all he keeps talking every time he sees that advert, he's just. Oh, I'm so I like, can ee- see he's he's gone yeah. he's gone back in time. Yeah, yeah. It just uh, I mean, just it does like we talk about blockbusters like Return that you know we've seen 
things that take you back to your childhood. This, this for me, completely does that. And I'm just thinking, Friday night, you've had a long week at work, you're absolutely shattered, you want something brainless, you go see Jurassic World and you're going to have a good time. And this is just off the trailer. And this is just off the trailer. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I watched the trailers again today and I'm excited. I am excited from watching the trailers, actually. Um, there is that sense of nostalgia, yes, but there's also a sense of something new and it's bigger. So, so to surmise, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this and, yeah, we we'll probably won't be there opening weekend or anything like that, but we'll certainly be catching it pretty quickly. So what, what are your thoughts on the director? Because we've got Colin, I'm going to try and pronounce this right, Colin Trevaro, I believe his name is, who um, has only kind of directed one film beforehand, which was Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh, I've um, seen that. Yeah, it's a good film, good film. I mean, a well, very low-budget film. Uh, I think the budget for that was under under a million, and this is, you know, 100 million plus. Um, a bit, a bit, There's a little bit of effects in it, but nothing major. And so he's gone from that to Jurassic World. He can't really go much bigger. So, obviously, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, is that a risk from Universal? Well, this you know, I'm thinking back to a recent blockbuster, um, the dude who directed Godzilla, whose name escaped me. Gareth Edwards. Right. His previous film, Monsters. Yeah. Again, that was a small budget, and he did relatively well um, with Godzilla. I don't see why, I don't see why this chap will fail. Yeah, and James Gunn. James Gunn, you know, as well. You know, had quite a few films under his belt, but obviously took quite a leap with Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, even Joss Whedon. I mean, he'd, he'd done, you know, films before, and then to be given The Avengers uh, was, a, was a massive leap, even for him. But, yeah, and look what he did with it. And look what he did with it. Good things. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> to confirm that, good things. On, on the flip so. <laughs> side, we do have people like Josh Trank, who's... Been tied uh, to Fantastic Four, which might was well, getting well, rumblings. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that, we, yeah. Are we, we going to talk about <laughs> that? We're going to go on to that we one. Are, yeah. 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 That's a lovely yeah. segue. Look at this. Seamless. Yeah, seamless so, segue. <laughs> let's, let's have a look at that. So let's have a look at Fantastic Four. So here's a little snippet from the trailers. All I want to know is where are my children? Four have survived. Exhibit unique physical conditions. I just want to fix my friends. You can't fix this. You should use these powers to help people. You open the door, you don't know how to close. You don't know anything about what's coming. What is coming? Fantastic Four, opening on the 6th of August, and in the cast we've got Miles Teller, Kate Mara, Michael B. Jordan, and Jamie Bell as the Fantastic Four, and directed by Joss Trank, who we were just talking about. So, initial reactions, guys. Katie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it just doesn't look... I don't know. It's just there is something about it that is not catching my interest. I, is it Miles Teller? We yeah. saw him in Whiplash. Whiplash. And I think because I've seen him in that, possibly I can't just see him in an action role. I mean, I'm, that's, you know, he, he might I might watch it and he turns it all around. And then I just I just can't picture these people as these characters. And I don't know if that's because I'm going off what I 
already know about Fantastic Four from the previous films. Yeah. I, just nothing about it makes me want to go watch it. I would forget the previous film. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and having, maybe that's a part of why I don't want to go watch it. <laughs> I'm having electroshock therapy to try and forget the last two films. To be fair, the second one was okay. Oh, he went there. Cool. You're going to put your record. It's, it's, yeah. that's, on tape, that's on tape. Oh, jeez. It's a different direction. We'll give him that. So, Josh Trank, director of Chronicle. Again, quite a small, low-budget film. Good film, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good mm. film. Yeah, good no, film. I quite liked it. Yeah. But yeah. whoever made this trailer, they don't. They obviously don't want me to go see it. Because well, I'm not... Which trailer have you seen? Have you seen them all? Or... Uh, yeah, I've seen a couple seen them of them all. and yeah. hoping that something would... Pique your interest? But yes, pique my interest. Um, <laughs> and it did not. <laughs> I've got to say, I think the first trailer, I, I really liked it. I think if it wasn't called Fantastic Four, I think I'd be even more excited. Um, because watching that trailer, I thought, this is a film I'm quite intrigued. I thought there's a lot of tension there. It was quite interesting sci-fi. It could be... You know, quite an interesting film, especially with a young cast, and you know, yeah, it could be quite exciting. And the second trailer, yeah, not as much so. You kind of, you kind of feel somebody said, "Show the powers, show the powers, flame on," you know. So it's it's a bit of a mixed bag, I think, in terms of tone and content. It's like you said, oh, God, not another origin story. We, like, we, yeah. how many origin stories can we have? We go back I, to I the can't beginning? sit through another origin story. I just can't. I've seen 50 of them in the last four years. I've already seen Fantastic Four origin stories in the last ten years. I don't need to sit through another superhero origin story for oh, the love bro, of God. This is, they've changed it. It's different now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's now. still how... Oh, look how we've got There's our so powers. There's so much better looking. <laughs> 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 hey, don't be knocking Chris Evans. That guy's still bang tidy. <laughs> he was probably the best thing in the Yeah, true. Chris Evans' human torch. See, I'm, I'm the opposite from you guys. I saw the first trailer. I thought it looked quite decent. I thought it looked dark, and it, it kind of piqued my interest. I saw the second trailer for the first time today, and I, by the end of the trailer, I actually really wanted to see it. Um, I think it's a different approach to the characters, but I thought it looked quite moody. But moody is a positive. I, I thought it looked quite dark. I thought the human torch effects looked really good. Uh, the, the thing looks a lot bigger, a lot more like a tank, which I thought could only work in its favour. Um, just Trunks, I'm a big fan of since Chronicle. I think if he can... If he can achieve what he did with Chronicle on such a low budget, I think give him some money and I think it, it could be quite worthwhile. Well, I mean, I don't know how much you've read into the kind of rumours about what's been going on on set with a few, you know, kind of stuff coming out about the quality of the film, but also down to his direction style and kind of not really having control over the set and so forth, possibly leading him to be booted off the Star Wars spin-off. He's been sacked from that. Well, I mean, so. if, if we're giving these young directors who've got one small film behind them these yeah. massive budgets and massive, yeah, massive pressure to deliver these films, eventually this is going to happen. We might see more of it. Well, this is it. I mean, this is what it kind of sounds like. It was a lot of pressure on him, and he's kind of said, Yeah, he's not doing Star Wars now. He wants to find, you know, other films, perhaps smaller films to work on. And you can understand that, and obviously, from a studio point of view, it is obviously worrying too. But, you know, but then we have to judge the film on the film. We have to judge it on the trailers, you know, at the moment. One but, of the big problems I have with this film, and then it's we've had it before, is 
this film is really only being made to reserve the rights for, uh, for Fox. Yeah. There's, there's no other reason. At, at the moment, the comic book is one of Marvel's worst selling. I think it's their fourth. Well, they're actually shelving the comic book. Yeah, they're actually getting shot at it now. It's doing that badly. So but, uh, I don't think I don't think that's the reason. I think they're shelving it purely so they're not advertising Fox. But should should these films be made should, purely because? They just want to reserve the rights to them. No, I mean, look what happened with Spider-Man. You know, they kind of rushed those ones out and tried to expand the universe, and it just kind of fell apart. I mean, we can only hope that Fantastic Four goes back to to Marvel because I'm sure it can be done well. I mean, I mean, I I think that I think this film it could work. I think there's we haven't actually seen that much of it yet. Even in the trailers, not giving away that much. I don't know. I'm optimistic. <laughs> I mean, we, in a few months' time, we could be sat here going, "Wow, we got it wrong." Yeah, but I'd yeah. hold my hands up and say I got it wrong. But at the moment, I'm happy to go on record and say I think it's going to be dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite mild. That's quite mild, Rob. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Mrs. Stew? Um, no, I'm, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt, and I may even go pay to see the cinema because, well, it, it looked quite decent from the trailer. I felt. Well, it's, it's, it's certainly a different take on the characters, um, but only time will tell it's a mm-hmm. successful one. Talking of Marvel superheroes, we've also got Ant-Man. You tried to hide your suit from me. Now, it's going to blow up in your face and destroy everyone you care about. wasn't my idea okay so that was ant-man being released on the 17th of july quick little synopsis here for you armed with a super suit with astonishing ability to shrink in scale but increase in strength con man scott lang must embrace his inner hero and help his mentor dr hank pym plan and pull off a heist that will save the world. That was great. Okay. Yeah, well done. That was exciting. So, what do we think? I think after after the relative disappointment of Avengers, I think we're all. I think most people are hoping this film is good. I don't know how many people think it probably will be brilliant. I think um, the the buzz has been very mixed, and I just I mean the trailer is so hard to judge it from the trailers. Um, but is that because it's there's not much in there to excite us? I'm quite excited by it. I mean, I don't know that much about Ant-Man, the character. I only know him from the animated show um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes recently. That's, yeah, where I know him mostly from. And I thought the character was great. And I know, obviously, it was it was Hank Pym originally created Ultron and so forth. So, yeah, a bit controversial. But, you know, based, based in the trailers, um, the second one particularly... I think it, it's kind of nailing the tone a bit better. I think it's going to be quite funny. I think it's going to be some good like kind of one-liners there and comedy, especially if you've got Paul Rudd cast as... And, and did uh, did a uh, go on the script as well, I believe he did. Yes, he, he did it. Yeah, and uh, Adam McKay as well, who's done a lot of stuff with Feral, Anchorman and so forth, also worked on the script. So, yeah, I think, I think the problem Ant-Man has got, it's, it's got that kind of troubled past in terms of its production. So, famously, the director, Edgar Wright, was working on the project before Iron Man. It was originally going to be the first kind of big Marvel film to kick them all off. 
Um, and then it kind of got shelved for a few years and came back to it and then eventually was replaced by uh, Peyton Reed, who I'm not familiar <laughs> with. I don't even think Peyton Reed's familiar with Peyton Reed. Yeah, I know he did a, quite a few kind of comedies. I remember um, Down With Love, particularly. Uh, oh, Ewan McGregor? Oh, wow. Yeah, Ewan McGregor, oh, yeah. Oh, Rennie Re- Really? From yeah. that? Yeah, I know that film. Yes Man as well with Jim Curry. Yeah, it's not getting better, is it? Yeah, it's not looking up. I really want this film to be good, though, just for Paul Rudd, because he's a bit of a ledge, and I'd be sad if it all goes he's one of those wonderfully likeable actors who we've been rooting to get like a starring role and do his own thing and he's always been the passenger and usually the funniest person in the film he's in and yeah for his sake i hope this film is really good i mean good cast all around really paul rod evangeline uh, lily from lost fame you know corey stroll who's fantastic in house of cards um and michael douglas who is michael douglas you know, you can't really go wrong there. So a good cast all round. What was your, your thoughts, Rob, Rob Stewart? Um, I don't have much expectations for this movie. Um, but that said, I watched the second trailer, uh, longer trailer for the first time today. I was actually really excited. I liked the visual effects a lot. I'm not sure about the attempts at humour. Um, they all seemed a bit forced, a bit awkward maybe. But no, I, I love the scene where he shrinks down in the bathtub. Oh, that was amazing when he when he's riding on the ants and stuff. Absolutely, I think I think that's what's exciting me most is the action scenes. I think the use of scale is something quite unique, and I don't think we've really seen that before. Because of the Thomas the Tank Engine train, yeah, which, yeah, which yeah. is the highlight of the trailers, which is very yeah. funny. <laughs> the, the sad thing about it though is I watched it and I saw the bit of the Thomas train, and I thought, yeah, I can see Edgar Wright doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that that struck me as a total Edgar Wright scene. Well, it's still his story, apparently. It's still the story and it's still the script that he did with Joe Cornish. It, they've just kind of they have rewritten it a bit. So, obviously, some of that original DNA is there in the script. How much so, who knows. But I guess, what do you think Edgar Wright would have done differently? I just worry. I think that, that um, with so many people having worked on this now for so many years, I do worry that the tone of the film could be a bit all over the place. We could have scenes that it's very serious intermixed with scenes that are meant to be very funny. And I think that might be a, a, a downfall of the movie. I'd hope he'd come out and speak on it eventually, Edgar Wright. I'd hope he'd come out and maybe tell his side of the story and where he was going to take it. It would be interesting to hear. Apparently there's been a bit of conversations between the, the director, um, Peyton Reed, and Edgar Wright. So hopefully, I, I think it's been swapping notes a bit. So I don't think it's completely blab, you know, bad blood. There. I, do, I do wonder whether Edgar Wright's um, style of a bit of a sore thumb for the Marvel Universe. Mm. Um, especially when you look at you look at what's in the trailer, like we said with the train and the bathtub. I don't think we've quite seen anything that sort of removed from reality in the Marvel movies as of yet. Mm. Maybe Guardians. I mean, I think I think the, the most similar kind of thing would be Guardians in terms of tone and being out there. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's kind of taken in quite a different direction. Quite an exciting one as well. I think it, like I say, you know, playing with scale and stuff. You can imagine some quite exciting set pieces around that, which we haven't seen for a long time, anyway. You know, kind of land of the giants kind of esque things. You know. So yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, excited. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. Hopeful. Yeah, I think hopeful is a better word. Yeah. I, I want it to be good. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, uh, Rob Stewart particularly, I know you've, you've probably read a bit more Ant-Man than ourselves, but um, what, what are your thoughts on Hank Pym not necessarily being Ant-Man? I've, I've got to be honest, the, the comics I have read have always been Hank Pym as Ant-Man, later on as Goliath, which is pretty much the opposite of Ant-Man in that he's a big giant dude. Um, I also understand they retold these things slightly for uh, the movies, so I, I don't think it, I don't think it's going to be a downfall. If anything, Hank Pym was a bit evil and used to slap his wife around lots. Uh, yeah. I, I can't see that going down too well for like a family <laughs> friendly so. Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, they're going to skip At over that. At the same that. time, though, I really, I really did like um, Kurt, Michael Douglas in the, in the trailers. I thought he'd come across well. He had quite a poise to him. It's good yeah. seeing back in the cinematic world in general, really. I've always been a, a Michael Douglas fan. I think he's a brilliant actor, and it's good to see him in films of this scale again. That's Ant-Man, so... Have we got a nice segue to the next one? <laughs> I like George Clooney. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I want you to take me there. Take you where? Where'd you get this? Who are you, kid? What you saw was a place where the best and the brightest people in the world came together to actually change it. We've been looking for someone like you for a very long time. Hey, so that was Tomorrowland. Um, so just a little bit of a plot synopsis for you. Bound by a sure destiny, a team bursting with scientific curiosity and a former boy genius inventor embark on a mission to unearth the secrets of a place somewhere in time and space that exists in their collective memory. Thoughts. That actually tells me more about the movie than the trailer does. <laughs> but that's a good thing, isn't it, Rob? <laughs> in a world where everyone moans they've seen the film in the trailer, <laughs> it might not be such a bad thing not to show everything. But it was enough it piqued my interest. It, it, just when she... I, I watched the US trailer, and just as she's sort of touching those things, and it's it's all changing. But, I mean, I'm, like we're saying, it doesn't give anything major away. I think the trailers have been fantastic. I mean, the first one was the teaser trailer, which really didn't show anything at all. It just showed the uh, the main character picking up the pin, which then took her to this other world. Like it's an other dimension almost. Um, and then the later trailers, again, showing very little, very little, um, to the point the third trailer is pretty much one long scene um, with George Clooney and the main actress, whose name is... Um, Britt Robertson. So Britt Robson and George Clooney in the house, and it's, a, it's about 45 seconds, I think, to a minute of the trailer. It's just that sequence. The, the, so, the windows are being barred and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, the, the, the kind of SWAT guys are coming in to get them, and then they escape in the bathtub. So what what is this film about? We do not know, and that is exciting, because we're living in an age, you know, if we look at Ultron, yeah. that gave so much away in the trailers, I felt. And this, I've got no idea really what's going on. I, I, you know, I can see, yes, they go to this other kind of, this world at a time when our planet is, you know, is kind of under siege with kind of protests and things like that. It seems to be quite a, a dark time for humanity. And they go to this other place which is idealistic and hopeful and adventurous and you know, mysterious. And I think it's pure Disney, pure Disney. It's very exciting. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting to see Clooney in the role of like responsible adult. You don't often see that, do you? 
I don't know how responsible he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume from your summary, he's the former boy genius. Yeah, he's the former boy genius, yeah, yeah. But I didn't get that from any trailer. No, and there's also, I think there's um, a robot girl in it as well. Kind of a little bit of AI kind of stuff going on in there as well, perhaps. The early kind of buzz from the reviews is excellent. Very good reviews so far. Also, it's great that there's a lead character in a film, a female lead character in a film which is not about princesses and, you know, dating and all these sorts of stuff, you know. I just like the fact I don't know a lot. Of, I want to go into this film not knowing a lot now. I want mm. I want to be surprised because there isn't enough of that. I want to be surprised. And if the buzz is, as you say, it is, then I'm not going to be disappointed. But I want that discovery. I want that to have that. In, when I get to the cinema, I'm I'm not, I'm not overly fussed with this. I mean, it's, it's I'm sure it looks impressive and it it could be you know it could be a very very good film. It's just I mean one it scares the crap out of me that Damon Lindelof is doing the screenplay for us. Who I mean if if you're publicly apologising for scripts you've done for major motion pictures before Prometheus, then um, <laughs> I, I, I think how how this guy is still getting work in Hollywood I do not know. Man, aren't you? Oh my god, let it go! <laughs> it, is, it is also, yeah, I'm with you, Prometheus. It's also co written by the director, Brad Bird, which for me is the selling point. I mean, Brad Bird is a fantastic director. You know, this is, look, have a look. Iron Giant, incredible. The Incredibles, incredible. Yeah, there's a theme here. Ratatouille, incredible. Mission Impossible, I like Mission Impossible. No. I love that. Yeah. Oh, no. No? Ghost Protocol? No. Yeah, free out for him, but... <laughs> he has proven that he can do big spectacle, you know, Incredibles, big spectacle, Ghost Protocol, big spectacle, but also the kind of um, smaller, kind of more tender moments that we see in Iron Giants and Ratatouille, you know, so... I think yeah. Tomorrowland is going to be a bit retro. I think it's mm. going to be like a, a utopian future of the 50, 1950s. Okay, I think they're going to get there and it's going to be all like big spaceships and big buildings that look like spaceships. And I think he's proven he can do that in like the Iron Giants. Yeah. So I'm very retro about that. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, from what I know, Tomorrowland is based on a ride at Disneyland. So, and it, it was that, it was that idea of the future and what the future would be like. So I think it's kind of based on that kind of idea. So kind of almost a steampunky feel to it, isn't it? which is quite exciting. Something different, maybe we haven't seen before. We were saying earlier about the idea of the blockbuster being able to be promoted across um, different platforms, different medias. And I guess when you're talking about um, rides, attractions, that's that's a completely different platform, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, much like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it worked out well started. for them. <laughs> Sorry? Worked out well for them. Absolutely. It's a good ride. I've been on that. <laughs> The Pirates of the Caribbean, right? It's good. Is it better than all the films combined? <laughs> well, the first one's good. Take, it's better back. than all the sequels. Take that back. Just forget, forget the rest yeah. after number one. Yeah. That's it. I, I think this could be one a good one. I'm excited to show, for, to show take my daughter to see it. I think um, it's something she could really enjoy. I think it, it could be something interesting for her, something visual. And again, it could hopefully have some positive female role models. I think it's going to be quite a positive message uh, for young girls particularly as well. Like I say, great to see um, a female lead character in something like this. I think it's great. We need more of that. I've very much got the sort of Jumanji vibe. 
Yeah. And even bits of Lost in Space, which, say what you want about Lost in Space, I seem to remember going to the cinema and quite enjoying it the first time round. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it could easily be a trilogy, couldn't it? If it takes off. No, I think so. Yeah, I think mostly we're all excited about Tomorrowland and it's a good thing that we don't know too much about it. So, I mean, just on that, do you feel trailers do give away too much? Absolutely. Yes. Shipping. Yeah. Absolutely. How many times have I got to s- sit there and go, hang on a minute, they've shown me most of the film now, why am I going to bother? You do moan about And it does, well, and it makes me think, if you show me that much of the film, maybe the film's not that good. Well, there's the yeah. old saying that the, the trailer is the film that they wanted to make. The trailer shows you the film that the director wanted to make as opposed to the film he has made. So when you get a trailer that doesn't tell you anything, maybe that's because it is the film the director wanted to make. And moving on to a film which we've probably seen too much of. Ugh, by eight <laughs> seconds of it. <laughs> Here it comes. Terminator Genesis. My whole life I prepared my son to lead humanity in the fight against the machines. We take back our world! But there was one thing I could never prepare him for. The machines tried to rig the game, sent a Terminator back to the time before the war to kill my mother. I'll go back. Let me save her. Okay, so that was Terminator Genesis, spelt wrong. And that's uh, going to be released on... <laughs> that's your only problem with the movie. I'm playing my, play my cards <laughs> early here. Play my cards oh, earlier. So it's been released on the 3rd of July. Um, Schwarzenegger's back. And here's a little synopsis for you. After finding himself in a new timeline, Kyle Reese teams up with John Connor's mother, Sarah, and an ageing Terminator to try and stop the one thing that the future fears. Judgment Day. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> right. It's actually written at the bottom. Yeah. I don't know where to start with this one. Can I just say, they're obviously not content with just <clears throat> destroying our love of the films. They're actually now going back and destroying the original good ones that came before it. Retcon. Retcon, innit? Work for Star Trek. Did it? Did it? Though? <laughs> yeah, no, it did. Yeah, but yeah. I, uh, this isn't Star Trek. Yeah, I, I, we're not talking about Star Trek. <laughs> Perhaps that's a different discussion for a different day. But... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just I, not enamoured. No. Nothing about it. It just looks a complete rehash. I thought I was watching a trailer for one of the older movies. Uh, um. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. That, that yeah. first trailer they did was just dreadful. The the second trailer just gives so much away, doesn't it? Unbelievably so. Did I actually see Judgment Day in the trailers when they were launching the Love Rockets? I think so, yeah, yeah. We've seen that in like, Rise of the Machines anyway. We saw what happened when the, the missiles got fired and no one gave a shit then. Why would they give a shit now? It's all timey-wimey stuff, isn't it? Because I think Judgment Day has shifted. There's been a few Judgment Days in it, depending on the films. Now, I think this film is ignoring Terminator 3. Right. Common sense. Yeah. Common sense. Logic, physics. It's also ignoring the fourth one, Salvation. So, I is interesting. I think because it's a time travel film, you can play around with the timeline and 
change things and manipulate it. And that's interesting as a kind of plot device, definitely. However, <laughs> they they have, as Katie said, it just seems like a rehash of the other films to the point, you know, you've got, you know, you've got the liquid cop guy, you know, you've got um, the big trucks, you've got, you know, come with me if you want to live, but that this time Sarah Connor says it and... You know, you've got Carl Reese in the same costume coming back in the 80s. You've even got the original Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, in it. And uh, he, actually, he actually faces off with his original self at one point, I think I saw it in the trailer. That That's right, yeah. I believe I believe he he's sent back to kill her as a child as well. But then the other Terminator comes and kills him. And then time gets rewritten. Sarah Connor knows about it from an earlier age and becomes more badass quicker and uh, but you see so. nothing about the way you describe when you're describing <laughs> it you're like uh, 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 it like it nothing about it is making anyone enthusiastic it's just it's the same old I, stuff i don't know again. I, saw, I saw the cast and i thought the cast was quite interesting i didn't realize it was her from um, game of thrones so I, I checked out the internet movie database after see yeah. i like her she's not right for this role too young, maybe. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't have the, the for me the presence that Linda Hamilton certainly brought to episode two to the second movie, which is what you are up against, really. Uh, I just I did, I, she's too, a bit too cutesy poo for me. I did wonder. I wrote this in my notes. At what point do you do a reboot where you screw so much with the source material that it no longer ceases to be a reboot and it's just messing the original idea up? The whole idea that John Connor's a baddie. I'm sorry if I'm obsessing over that, but to me, that's just wrong. It is wrong. Yeah. It's almost like they do it to to shock you. Absolutely. I mean, like I say, it's an interesting one because time travel is involved here. So you could argue, yes, you could go back and kind of rewrite the history and alter the events and stuff. But for me, it seems a bit gimmicky. It seems a bit like playing heavily on what's happened before. I would have preferred them to go off on a different story you know, explore the future, explore what happens in the war, maybe a bit more. This is what I was thinking. We haven't seen anything really past past what they showed you in South, South Asian. Yeah. There's got to be more to the story. Yeah, or, or go, go, go on a different, slightly different route, you know. And again, they're obsessed with rebooting. We've seen, we've seen this before. Everybody owns Terminator and Terminator 2. They're not hard to obtain if you want to watch them. Uh, there was the TV show not so many years ago, yeah. which I actually thought was quite good. So, uh, Chronic Chronicles, yeah, God, that's not that difficult to say. It's, it's in recent memory, you know? Yeah. yeah. I will say, though, I am a fan of the chap who plays um, John Connor in this one, Jason Clark. I think he's a good actor. Yes, agrees, yes. Uh, recently in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, yeah. 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 So he has, he's, he's a decent guy, and he's a pain, but... From what I've seen in this, I mean, even stupid things like his makeup looks dreadful when he's oh, when they the scars. Yeah, just like, what, what, what? Even it can't even get that right. What do you guys think with regard to Schwarzenegger? I was I was thinking about this today. I've seen him recently on TV at the Meerkats at the discussed not so long ago. I mean, at WrestleMania. Do you think his his star's fallen to the point where it's not enough to have Schwarzenegger anymore? Oh yeah, absolutely. Completely. I, I'm over it. Not, yeah, I don't, he's yeah. not selling a film anymore, is he? I think um, True Lies is probably his last big smash about ninety six. Fantastic film. Oh, on his yeah. own as, on as his Arnold own. Schwarzenegger. Because uh, like, if yeah. you think about Expendables. Well, yeah. After that, we got things like Six Day and End of Days, and oh god, that's yeah. The, oh, 
Oh yeah, things like that. And I'm, it just I'm no just, razor. I'm just sat here thinking I would love it if my local I won't name those my local cinema would put on a, a Terminator. You marathon. know, yeah, marathon, and like just put the old ones on, and I'd much rather pay the money and go and see the old ones on the big screen rather than um. You know, and I'd yeah. pay double compared to this new franchise. Whatever this is. Yeah, whatever. This is. <laughs> and, and plus, as well, the biggest one for me. This is PG thirteen. It's a PG thirteen yes. Terminator yeah, yeah. movie. I mean, granted, I mean Salvation was as well, or at least it was certainly fifteens and certainly in English money. But um, you can't have a PG thirteen Terminator film. You can't uh, do it. Shouldn't happen. No, and I think what what made the original two great, I mean, the first one obviously was kind of a lower-budget thriller, you know, 80s kind of noir, you know. It was a stalker movie. Stalker movie, absolutely, and that was fantastic. And then with Terminator 2, he flipped on its head completely and went for that big kind of epic-scale action movie, which was fantastic. And when you saw that and you realised Schwarzenegger was the goodie this time and, you know, took a new spin and then you had, um, was it T-1000, the liquid dude? Absolutely amazing, you know, and it's like a new take, a new t- type of Terminator. Brilliant. This is like everything you've seen before. Yeah. Slightly different. You know, we're mixing up a bit. Yeah. And John Connor's a baddie. John Connor's a baddie. Is John I, Connor meant to be a baddie in this film? Well, the fact they show you in the trailer as well. Yeah. I think it's because the, the first trailer was so badly received that they brought out the second one desperately trying to tell you more and get more people to want to see it. Well, there you go. You see another yeah. example of a trailer that tells you everything. Yeah, this this is showing you too much. They should have kept that. Apparently, it was like a big twist in the film, the in John Connor reveal, and they've kind of just shown it up front. They didn't need to. I think people who were going to come and watch this film would watch it, you know, just on the back, perhaps on the back of Schwarzenegger a bit. But also the fact it's a big action film. It's going to bring people in. It's, it's going to yeah, it's going to yeah. make money. I don't, no think it's, I don't think it's going to be the the worldwide smash they hope it'll be, yeah. but I think it'll make enough money. But does anyone care anymore? Yeah, I think we'll probably just wrap up there. Um, just just a quick mention: there's a few other films obviously coming. We just we just release quickly. We've got Poltergeist remake, uh, San Andreas big disaster movie with The Rock, uh, Ted Two, yeah. Inside yeah. Out. Uh, looks dreadful. <laughs> Which one? Ted Two. Yeah, the first one was bad enough. Yeah. Yeah. Inside Out, the new Pixar film. Yeah, things That looks quite funny. It does look good. Yep, it was great. It's good to see them back. Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Don't really know much about it. I think I stopped at number three. Four is good. Four is good. Yeah, I'd quite happily watch a fifth one. Yeah, I think I think it could work. Pixels. Have you seen a trailer for Pixels? No, not yet. Adam Sandler. Yeah, Adam Sandler versus 80s arcade sprites. Um, great short film it's based on. Great short film it's based on. Um, yeah, check out the short film first. It's fantastic. And uh, The Man from Uncle, which is a TV to film adaptation by Guy, Guy, Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. I've watched the original TV series, so I can see. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised it's coming to the screen. It could work. Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. I'm impressed. It's got um, Arn, Arnie, Army Hammer. Who, need, who needs a hit more than most people? <laughs> yeah. 
Don't get me started on Lone Ranger. Hey. Three hours of my life I lost to that this week. <laughs> and he still didn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> still waiting for it to finish. <laughs> 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 I even watched it. I will do. Don't, don't bother. Don't bother. I <laughs> If you want to, if you want to sit here for two hours and discuss Slow Rager, um, oh, no, we could do a commentary, could not we? Oh my god. Oh Jesus, that, that could be quite funny actually. You're just gonna hear me snoring. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Sorry. We've also got Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, the Man of Steel himself, in Man Man from Uncle. So there you go. Okay. So just to finish off then. Um, what are your thoughts on the kind of blockbuster season upcoming? You know, excited? Too many reboots? Too many sequels? I think um, it, it's gotten to the point now where everything is generally a reboot and a sequel. It's it's very rare that we get something that's a standalone, something like Tomorrowland, that is a standalone and on its own and brand new and fresh. Um, and I think as well, blockbusters seem to be spreading out more. The blockbuster season was... Technically June to August back in the day. Now we're getting films starting in March, and even the new Star Wars is going to be towards the end of the year. I think the blockbuster season is now the blockbuster year, with the exception of maybe December to February, maybe the uh, the you know the time for when the Oscar movies start to come out. But outside that time frame, I think the the big movies are are here and getting bigger and better. Absolutely, that blockbuster season has kind of opened up completely. I mean, recent years we've had the Hobbit um, over three long films in December um, and like say Star Wars as well you know first Star Wars films open outside of the May kind of slot so yeah interesting I think I think this summer I'll be mostly looking forward to Tomorrowland I think I think that's the one that's really out of all, all of those films that's the one that I want to go and see Ant-Man is probably next on the list but that, that's kind of it, really. And I think the only one we've, the one we've not mentioned that uh, we probably should is um, Mad Max, which yeah. I, I had no interest in seeing. Trailers didn't do a great deal for me, but now the the word is that it's utterly amazing and everyone should go see it, so I'm, I'm definitely going to be in the queue for that one. I'll be seeing it on Sunday, so I can feed back. So out of the films we were talking about today, Rob, would, um, what do you think? What are you most looking forward to? Out of the ones we've talked about, probably Jurassic World. I think it's um, the one for me that takes me back to the old style uh, blockbuster that I used to enjoy as a kid and I'm not expecting it to be brilliant but I'm expecting to be thoroughly entertained and Mr Shoe? I'm going to opt for Ant-Man ooh ooh great uh, myself I think I'm probably going to have to go for Tomorrowland actually I think that's the one that's piqued my interest that's the one I'm most excited about um, intrigued by um, I feel a lot of the other films have kind of seen it before, you know, really, including that man, kind of been there, done that. Tomorrowland, I feel, is going to give me something new, and that, that's, that is very exciting. Okay, brilliant. It's going to leave it this. Lots to look forward to this summer. So, till next time, don't be a stranger. Yeah.